Welcome to the Appalachian Folklore Podcast, a wild hike through the history and migration of the folk culture, stories, traditions, and haints hidden in the hills and hollers of Appalachia. I'm your host, Aaron Bobick. Hey folks, welcome to this special New Year's Eve bonus episode of the Appalachian Folklore Podcast. I hope Christmas Day went well for y'all, and I have a little gift for you to start the new year. A few months ago, I was privileged enough to meet Liza Frank over the interwebs, I think it was on Twitter or X, right when her brand new book, Everyday Folklore, came out. She was very interested in coming on my show and talking about her wonderful new book. Of course, I was also elated. And as we finished recording and we're saying our goodbyes, she had mentioned that she would love to come back and give a little bit of information, a little bit of uh, knowledge on her research for New Year's and New Year's Eve folklore from various different cultures around the world. And of course, I said yes. So that's what today's bonus episode is. It was lovely talking with Liza again, and I really hope you enjoy this little conversation we had. And if you do, and I know you will, Tune in on January 1st, which will be tomorrow, for the full-length conversation about her new book, Everyday Folklore. Welcome to the show. Hello. (laughs) So you have, with all of the spare time that you don't have, (laughs) compiled uh, New Year's folklore from around the world and New Year's traditions and dates and all this wonderful stuff that you were describing to me beforehand before we hit record. How about grace us with some new year's eve folklore well um so some very simple new year's eve folklore is uh to do with plants so if you want to have good money uh for the rest of the year it said if you sleep with a cabbage leaf underneath your pillow tonight um you will have good fortune for the for the new year to come Uh, However, if you want to see uh, a vision of your one true love, you put a holly leaf underneath your pillow instead. But obviously, uh, don't forget that it's under there and and just prick all your fingers as you see. Um, So those are are two little fun ones. Um, But on New Year's Eve, what you really should be doing is cleaning, which I know sounds really, really dull, but in, in... Almost every tradition of New Year's days, and there are a lot of New Year's days along mm. the calendar, and I have several dates I can tell you about. Um, all of them say don't clean, because uh, if you clean on uh, New Year's Day, it says that you're going to clean your luck away. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's quite a handy one. I think it sort of falls under the same um, heading as cobwebs are lucky, so don't clean them. And I think it probably originated by some poor downtrodden woman who was very, very bored of doing lots of housework, just going, do you know what? It's bad luck to clean on this particular day when I have a cracking hangover because I've been up all night celebrating the new year. Yeah. Um, So, yes. So the main thing you need to make sure of on New Year's Eve is to make sure that everything is clean. So New Year's Day, you're absolutely free to uh, just sit with your hangover if you have a hangover or you can just (laughs) relax and read the paper or play games or whatever we have something similar over here that you're not i don't know that it's practiced much anymore but in the uh 
Frank C. Brown collection of North Carolina folklore, there's a couple of little ditties on mm. don't clean between Christmas and New Year's. Ah, nice. Period. Or Christmas Eve and New Year. So, you know, do the washing up and whatnot, but your, your yeah. big, you know, deep clean of the house, you leave that until the new year. Ah, also, okay. I yeah. saw that sewing, if you sew, uh, you, you shouldn't sew or mend anything in that time frame. Um, and of course, this varies between regions and, and yeah. even family to family, even something to do with pricking your finger um, was bad luck. You, if you, if you prick yourself and, you know, Jesus doesn't like that, the newborn baby, Jesus doesn't like you sewing. So you'll prick your finger. Also something about getting struck by lightning oh, in the new okay. year. So any like mending holes or mending uh, in a blanket, any dropped stitches, which I have plenty of in my sweater <laughs> that people can't see because it's a podcast. You don't fix those during that time because it's considered work i think you're not supposed to work mm. but I, I remember hearing that as well that there's no mending of uh, garments during this time either because you're going to anger the the baby jesus wow i like so there's that a, there's a little new year's from over here yeah. <laughs> it's basically we don't, talking don't about do before <laughs> so yeah i think what you're saying is don't do anything right. uh yeah which i think is you know fair enough uh, and I wonder if it's the don't do the work because you should be celebrating, maybe. Because it seems to me a lot of the world traditions are celebrating this time. There from is, I mean, solstice, yeah, deep, deep winter, deep darkness. It's supposed to be celebration. There is that aspect, but then there is also the tradition that you do take time off around this time, so that right. you can. That I think is traceable back to the Romans and part of their celebrations around this time is that you did have time off. And I think potentially the having the time off included not doing the cleaning, not doing the sewing, not doing the mending, all of that, because right. it was supposed to be time off. I don't know. Uh, I think it's a really That's the beauty of this. It's I we've know. heard it somewhere. Yeah. But <laughs> Uh, but I will definitely be not doing any cleaning or recycling on uh, New Year's Day. I think that's an oh, absolute no. given. Um, there is also, uh, along with the cleaning, there's something called, so in, in Scotland, the cleaning is sometimes called redding uh, and it comes with saning. And so you've got the cleaning, which, uh, you know, get everything nice and chip shape. But the saning was to get rid of evil spirits. And uh, this was uh, done with a combination of water from a, um, a living and dead ford. So that was that would be a, a body of water that was crossed by the living and also crossed by the dead. So it would be on a funeral path from the house to the graveyard. Uh, and then you take the water and you would sprinkle it or, or I can't remember. I think you sprinkled it or you uh, supped it. And then you had to close all the windows and the doors and light some juniper. And the smoke from the juniper would sort of saturate everything, make everybody cough. And then as soon as everybody couldn't take it anymore, you burst all the windows open and then the evil spirits would go. And you mentioned celebration earlier. There, There is a lot of 
things that we think about as celebratory are actual uh, again you can trace back to this this idea of getting rid of any lingering evil spirits to start the start the new year clean so things like fireworks mm. um loud noises so fireworks church bells um singing all of that is uh, can have roots i'm not saying does have roots uh, but can have roots in this idea that evil spirits would be scared away by lots and lots of noise. Mm -hmm. So um, New Year's Eve, lots of fireworks, lots of singing, uh, singing bells ringing out across the, the land. They have different connotations, obviously, but one of the connotations was let's get rid of all the evil spirits. And this is one of the ways that we can do it. Mm -hmm. New Year's is a weird time, uh, I would say. Maybe that's just the way that I perceive it. We think of a lot of people think of New Year's as being the 31st of December and the 1st of January. However, there are lots of different um, times in the year that are considered uh, New Year's. So, for instance, there was a calendar change in 1752 uh, when the calendars in England and uh, I think Scotland was slightly different. Wales, potentially slightly different. 1752, the calendars changed from Julian to Gregorian, and we lost a number of days. So in the uh, ritual year for Britain, you have lots of days that are old days. 1st of January, New Year's Day, but then the 12th and the 13th of January are also considered old New Year's days. So the 12th is usually connected with Scotland, the 13th with Wales. But then you also have uh, days like uh, the 25th of March, which is Lady Day, which was also considered uh, New Year's Day. And then, of course, you have Old Lady Day, which is on the 6th of April. Um, then you have days like the ancient Egyptian calendar considered the 11th of September as New Year's Day. And the French Republican calendar, which was only in effect, I think, between 1793 and 1806, they chose the 22nd of September mm -hmm. as their New Year's. And then 31st of October, which most people consider Halloween, is also Samhain, which is Celtic, Gaelic, um, Irish New Year. And while we associate uh, the beginning of the year starting at midnight, there are um, days like Samhain where actually the New Year starts at sunset. So something like the 31st of October is both New Year's Eve and New Year's Day because it starts um, before midnight. Um, and then you also have the New Year's Days that are predicated on what, what the moon is doing. So you have Chinese New Year, that's that's based on lunar activity. Same with Jewish faith, Hindu faith, Islamic faith. They're all based on what the moon is doing throughout the year. So they their New Year's Days move from, from year to year. And then you have Iranian, uh, which is now Rus, which is on the spring equinox. So it's usually around the, the uh, 20th of March, I believe. And then some Sikhs celebrate their new year on the 13th or 14th of April and other Sikhs celebrate it earlier in March. So when we say New Year's, we kind of have many to choose from dis depending on who we follow or what we follow or, or yes, or what, how we feel. I don't know. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I might do a, if I've given up my New Year's resolution very early. So the 19th of January is the day most acknowledged where people 
give up their New Year's resolutions, I might go, well, okay, I've got a do-over on the 25th of March. I'm going to call 25th mm -hmm. of March today is <laughs> my new New Year's. So, well, and you they can come up with a new resolution every single New Year. First one didn't work out, so let's try something new on the next one. Exactly. I think, you know, there's there are many chances for a do-over. But most New Year's sort of have a lot, uh, have things in column. Uh, in common so celebration you mentioned celebration all of them have a celebratory aspect to it so whether or not that's dancing or singing or just getting together with people and having a you know lovely time that's a it's a very across the board uh, way of acknowledging um, a new year but there's also reflection and resolution so some cultures have a don't have big big celebrations that you know they have family get-togethers and lots of food and things like that but often it's a little bit more low-key so again you don't have to celebrate new year as this big big thing you don't have to have you know this terrible FOMO of I'm not going to a party I'm not going to snog somebody because it can be a very private moment because that's what you want to do and, and that's what other people do so there's there's different ways that you can celebrate it I mean, there are also quite odd ways of celebrating it. So if you did want to take the 25th of March as your new year, one of the things that you could do uh, to celebrate is go fairy hunting because on uh. the 25th of March, uh, 25th of March, it is uh, traditional that fairies um, are seen more. So, you know, that could be your new New Year's resolution of I'm going to go fairy hunting because this is the day that I'll be able to see them more. Mm -hmm. So it's... Um, it's all it's quite interesting and I think you can kind of celebrate New Year however you want which sounds a tiny bit trite but uh, there is precedent for for you celebrating however you want basically yeah. I have a custom that I do every year which um, I'm going now going to attempt to pronounce uh, and apologies to any Spanish-speaking people listening and I do apologize it's called <laughs> <laughs> las doce Uvas de la suerte, uh, <laughs> which in English means the 12 lucky grapes. And uh, this is something that I've done for years. I think I've done it for about five years now. And basically it's the eating of 12 grapes on the 12 chimes of midnight. And each grape and each chime represents um, a month to come. So the first chime and first grape is January second time second grape is February the challenge is that you have to eat uh, you have the length of a chime to eat a grape and then record whether or not it's sweet or sour if it's sweet it means it's going to be uh, a lovely month for you if it's sour then you have a chance to prepare because it's you know it's not supposed to be a, a great month for you and it is immense fun but you do have to do a little bit of preparation because all you're doing is gobbling grapes at the moment <laughs> of the chimes. And it's very difficult to remember everything that's going on. So if you wanted to do this, I would advise getting a pen and paper and writing it out beforehand. So you've got your months down one column and your sweet and sour across the top. And so basically you're feeding yourself grapes and ticking whichever um, column against the month. And then you will have a record. If you're choosing your grapes, make sure you get seedless because what you don't want is to be choking on a pip. Mm -hmm. um, get something that isn't too, uh, the skin isn't too tough because literally you are 
funneling them in. You think you've got time, you don't have time, you want small grapes, you want to funnel them in and you want to record them. Obviously, they're done at the chimes of midnight. So if you're thinking of then snogging somebody afterwards, which is another New Year's Eve tradition, mm -hmm. whatever you do, don't clean your teeth, don't have a mint in preparation of the snog because you will absolutely destroy the taste of the grape. They'll taste <laughs> disgusting and you won't be able to tell whether or not it's uh, sweet or sour. That would definitely be my top tip for tonight if you wanted to. I would love um, to try that. Chances are I will be asleep by eight <laughs> or 8.30. You are literally my top, my very, very top tip just before the stroke of midnight, have the grape at your lips. You've got your pen in one hand, grape at your lips. And as soon as you eat that grape, you get another one to place next to your lips. The, the chimes you think you have forever, you really don't. And you have to have your mouth completely clear by the end of the 12th chime. Otherwise, um, you're going to have dodgy luck, regardless of uh, what you've actually tasted through the 12 chimes. So you oh. really do have to. So when the 12th chime hits, the grape is in your mouth. But yeah. by the end of that bong, yes, everything's got to be down the hatch. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. Otherwise, or, uh, you just have a dodgy year. The, the luck isn't with you. Oh, and then uh, another thing you might want to do is get your baseline of what, it, what you consider sweet before you start the the experiment because mm -hmm. I can remember one year I was thinking ah oh, this is sweet this is sweet and then I got a proper sweet one I was like oh and I had to put an extra sweet column in it gotcha. so you need to get your baseline as well <laughs> right this is it's science meets folklore this is brilliant <laughs> no that's that's really I, I really really want to do that I just it's, have to make it there are uh, so my Spanish friend he does it in England with his Spanish family so he does it at 11 o'clock uh, because it's midnight for them in Spain mm -hmm. and then he does it again with us at midnight so you just have to find a time zone that chimes with uh I can do it with you guys at 7 p.m there you go right because it's a five hour difference and I only yeah. talk to people from the UK anyway exactly so <laughs> yeah, that would be great there you go oh wow i've got another uh, i'll go with another two so another really easy one to do you're supposed to do this sort of like just after midnight but you can do it in the morning is that you open your back door to let the old year out and then you open your front door to let the new year in and that's supposed to be um, a very good way to sort of usher in the new year and to make sure the spirit of the old year is past and gone. And then you get all the luck of the new year coming in. Mm -hmm. um, some people say that you have to do it on the dot of midnight. Some people say that you open your back door a few minutes before midnight. I usually do it in the morning because I can't be bothered to get up, <laughs> especially if I'm full of grapes, um, to then go back and sort of like get all the cold air into the house. We have, um, I've done this, and I have heard other folks doing uh, variations of, of a couple of things that you've mentioned with the opening the back door, and then you scream and yell and make as much noise as possible <laughs> from the back to the front and open up the front door and scream that. and yell and bang pots and ring bells. Now, if you're out in the middle of nowhere, you also can shoot off your guns at midnight. 
Yeah. And that is also something that I experienced my first time in my new house, my, my first New Year's day at midnight, way out in the cornfields and the bean fields <laughs> and the cotton fields, you do hear gunfire. Yeah. But this at midnight, you just hear little pops, fireworks yep. sometimes as well. But it's that combination of scaring out all the evil and the yeah. bad, the negative, and welcoming in the new at the front door. Because that's where you want. Yes. Bad out the back, good in the front. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we used to, uh, we had a, a great tradition of, of firing guns at various times of the year. But health and safety in our very closely packed communities in the UK has meant that that one tradition has changed. And we now do things like pots and pans rather than discharging shotguns and things like that. But sure. absolutely, gun discharge is very, very traditional in terms of scaring things away. So Yeah, I mean, it scares my dogs and it would frighten me if I wasn't from the country. So <laughs> could be. I wonder, too, if that's isn't that the idea of the bell snickle, the bell snickle? And the oh, Krampus schnickle. with the Krampus has the basket on the back. Yeah. The with the willow. Yep, yeah. With a willow um, yeah. to, to flog or the bad kids. And then bells. Oh. To scare. I thought there was some tradition. I need to look in my Krampus book that I have here that the bell schnickel, which was, I think, the origin of Krampus or maybe adjacent to, has the bells to be scaring away. And it's kind of like a straw man. Yes. I think the Belschnickel, if I'm not mistaken, is more like straw and earth with a, a weird face. Oh, wow. As opposed to the Krampus, which is what everyone now knows yeah. as the Krampus. But the idea was that the straw man was like a celebration of harvest and good everything. Mm -hmm. And then the bells were a symbol or used to get away all the bad spirits as well. And that's why I think that went into the Krampus idea. Oh, wow. I, I don't... I. I think I remember reading that. Anyway. You had mentioned you have uh, one other one. I think I might know what it is, but... Okay, tell me what you think it is. Uh, first footing. It is first footing. Look at so... that. <laughs> so first footing, I think, is something that a lot of people are familiar with. Uh, it's um, supposed to originate as a Scots tradition. And it's where the first person that crosses your threshold uh, in the new year after midnight should be a dark haired man who uh, brings something. So uh, coal or bread or salt or shortbread um, uh, brings you something and then brings the good luck with them. Dark haired men, good luck. Unfortunately, uh, ginger haired men, bad luck. Given I've got ginger hair at the moment, I'm all for redheads. There used to be a tradition that people would round up the dark haired men of the village and make sure that they came to, uh, to your front door so that they could, you know, sort of like rent a, uh, rent a brunette. They would come round. And in the Isle of Man, again, I'm going to get the pronunciation wrong. This first footing person was called, a, I want to say, a qualtag or qualta. They would perform the same function as the Scots Gaelic uh, first footer. Um, but there was also, if if you uh, didn't have somebody who was uh, dark haired, you could always get a cake of bread and bang it against your door. That would also bring good luck and a full belly for the rest of the year. I thought there was a stipulation to that the, and again, this is probably town to town, family to family, that the dark haired 
gentleman could not be a member of the family. It has to be a stranger. I only know this because Icy Sedgwick of Fabulous Folklore Podcast does first footing every year. Lovely. And she has mentioned, she's mentioned her experience with it. Yeah. And I, I can't remember if it has to be a stranger or a dark haired person. And that's the beauty think, of all of this is that there's obviously variations, limitless variations. Um, I would say it's probably a bit of both. If you're living in a small community, you're going to know everybody that's dark haired. Right. Um, but I can imagine that they would, it would be a tradition that they're not a family member. Right. A but, guest. Um, yes. So I don't know. I think it can, again, I think this is something that you can, if you have a dark haired friend, that you want to invite round at one minute past midnight, I think you can just go with it. That would be uh, the worst use of a friendship. We're going to be inside <laughs> in the warmth, drinking and eating, and you have to sit outside on the porch until 12.01. Then you can come <laughs> inside because we're going to use you for good luck. But if they are of the rentable kind, uh, they could go like to 20 different houses and have 20 different tots of whiskey and 20 different bits of oh. cake. So, you know, I think there There's are pluses and minuses with them. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the humor behind that, of how I would pass that off to my friends. Because <laughs> I'm ornery, I'm a practical joker, so they would not be surprised at me saying that to them, knowing that I wasn't being <laughs> serious at the end of the day. But just the image of, like, my buddy John, who has a gorgeous mane of hair just <laughs> long hair he has tied back well, until recently he just cut it off but you know big full black beard and just in good humor just john you have to sit outside <laughs> and we're I all gonna get drunk on whiskey and I'll, I'll i'll give you some i'll slip it through the door i tell you what he could sit outside but you have your window open and then you could throw grapes into his mouth <laughs> at every chime yeah. of the on the bongs <laughs> And then he has to swallow them really quick and then come in the door <laughs> as we're screaming from the back of the house to the front. Exactly. Banging pots and pans. And when we go outside, he comes in. Uh, look at, we just combined all these yeah. traditions into one event exactly. simultaneously. It's perfect. It's perfect. It won't be madness at all. It won't be, you know, people tripping over each other or anything. It'll just no. work. Dream. And the beauty of it is all that chaos will confuse and scare oh, absolutely. all the demons and all the yep. bad spirits and all the bad luck. It'll just be like a all yeah. that and they'll run out. Absolutely. And then they'll that's be like, the best kind of luck. Yeah, they'll be like, I'm not staying here. I don't know what's going on, <laughs> but I'm not staying here. See, I think you got it sorted. Yeah. I think yeah. Now I just have to figure out the logistics of all of this. And I want you to video this and send me a copy because <laughs> this has to be, yeah. Absolutely. And you've only got a couple more hours to sort it out. Yeah. It's all happening tonight. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need more friends. Um, I don't have any food, personal food traditions, other than uh, I used to swear by a cheese and onion pasty for um, my hangover cure, uh, which is a lovely mixture of fat and carbohydrate and salt, mm -hmm. which... Uh, there is a, um, it's, it's food, but it's not eaten. Uh, there is a, um, a tradition where you would find a horned cow 
and put a, a pancake, so a, a thin cake, like a bannock, on their horns. And then you would dance around them. And if they threw the pancake behind them, you would get bad luck. But if you threw them, if it threw the pancake in front of you, you would have good luck. So that's sort of like a food tradition. It's just that nobody's eating it. They're just mm -hmm. wearing it and throwing it. Um, I know that uh, Chinese New Year uh, dumplings are a huge symbol of luck and mm. uh, and the various fillings denote uh, various fortunes. But personally, I don't have any food and our, our family are quite rubbish at celebrating stuff like that. So it would just be hangover cures. And mine was an ice cream float, which was uh, Coca-Cola and ice cream and uh, cheese and onion pasty because I'm all about health. And That sounds uh, delicious. It absolutely is absolutely marvellous. Yes. <laughs> so no, I can't really contribute much to that part of the conversation. Sorry. For me, my New Year's Day tradition has always been like a gigantic exhale from the holidays. Yes. For me, I, I know it's over. The, all the family flim flam. <laughs> and it goes all the way back to like, Halloween. I love Halloween. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, having to do the trick or treating. And then about a month later, you have Thanksgiving, which is a big family thing. And then about a month later, you have Christmas. And, you know, like I say, I like to, I just care about my tomatoes. I just like it easy and simple. <laughs> all the family and going place to place. And it's all over. I just, I love the simplicity. Yeah. And so New Year's Day is to me, it's, it's done. Yes. And it's just, huh. and it always has this, the weather and just the general atmosphere yeah. of the world around me is always different than the day before. And it's, it has nothing to do with the alcohol. It has nothing to do with staying yeah. up five, six hours past my bedtime. It's, it, it, there is a feeling of newness for me on New Year's Day. And perhaps it is that release the final, the end of the holiday season. Yeah. And I just don't have to move anymore. I can start off the new year in a good, clean space in my head, even though I'm still eating cheese and drinking beer and wine and bourbon. <laughs> yes. And, and crackers and whatever other unhealthy things, but it's still that kind of mental reset. Well, are there any other New Year's folklore traditions, folk traditions that you can think of before we say goodbye? Only until oh. I get to say hello to you again on tomorrow's episode. <laughs> There, there is one uh, that I think you might like, given what you just told me, is uh, that it's good luck to eat a lot on New Year's Eve, that you should go to bed with a full belly on New Year's Eve. It said that will prevent hunger in the coming year. So it's if you need an excuse for more cheese and oh. more crackers, then I think you can just go for it. On, uh, I'll take New any Eve. excuse, any reason. Yeah. Just don't eat the cabbage leaf underneath your pillow. Nope. That's the well. Yes. Thank you for coming by again before tomorrow's <laughs> episode. You have a book that we're going to talk about at great length tomorrow. But while you're here, <laughs> since it's out, do you want to uh, do you want to go ahead and promote that again for the first time today? I, I would love to. <laughs> um, it's called Everyday Folklore: An Almanac for the Ritual Year. It details every day of the year plus. Uh, 29th of February for leap years and it uh, 
tells you about the folklore that happens on every day of the year and how you can get involved with it, whether it is um, drinking white wine and powdered worms to get rid of a, a broken heart on St. Valentine's Day or um, slipping a cabbage leaf underneath your pillow on New Year's Eve. So mm -hmm. uh, it's all things mostly that are achievable. I probably wouldn't eat powdered worms, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a fun look at the year. And should you ever be bored, all you have to do is turn to whatever date you're on and you've got something to do. We will go into great lengths <laughs> describing this book and, and I will dote on, dote upon its beauty. It really is a wonderful book, but you'll hear more about that on January 1st. For now, Liza, thank you so much for coming by today. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> and I'm sure we will talk again very soon. That seems to be our thing. So I'm thank you very that. much. And uh, folks will hear you again tomorrow. Yes. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Take care. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Thanks for spending your time with me here at the Appalachian Folklore Podcast. If you'd be so kind as to rate and review this show on whatever platform you use, I'd be much obliged as it helps spread the word. You can email me at appfolklorepod at gmail.com and visit my website, shows.acast.com slash AFP. You can find me at appfolklorepod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also find me on Mastodon at appfolklorepod at thefolklore.cafe. Thanks to Jonathan Ochoa for the AFP cover art. You can find his work on Instagram at inkwellgraphicdesign. Thanks again for listening.